You are listening to Health Interventions for Your Practice, episode number 14. Health Interventions has been created by Marsha Kessner, MP, to help other nurse practitioners and medical providers grow their clinical practice and optimize patient care. Whether you are brand new, building your skills and confidence, or a seasoned provider looking to stay sharp in an ever-changing patient population, you will find real-world information to use in everyday practice. Health Interventions for Your Practice focuses on a solid evaluation, lifestyle management, and patient involvement. Hello, everyone. I am Marcia Kessner. Welcome back to Health Interventions for Your Practice. This is where I try to help support other nurse practitioners and medical providers with knowledge and skill development in a way that is applicable and ready to implement into your clinical practice right away. That's what I'm going for. I always focus on lifestyle management and patient involvement when I can. Uh, today's topic, I am going to get a little little passionate about. You know how I am. Um, I want to talk about today our immune system and the connection with obesity. Because I think in a time of pandemic, a discussion about the immune system is pretty important. And as we start to head back into the fall season, we're going to start seeing more of the, the flu, strep, and yes, of course, COVID-19. This is the year of COVID. Um, then there are those other unidentified viral illnesses that we see every year. You know, gastrointestinal illnesses, allergies. You know, there are so many people that know as soon as summer comes to a close, they are in for several months of misery and chronic upper respiratory infections, whether they are viral or bacterial, they just know, buckle up, it's going to be a bad year. And so how do we help with that? And why What do some get more illnesses than others? Why would one person be an asymptomatic carrier and another symptom become another person become very severely ill? You know, in light of this current pandemic and discussions of things like this and things like cytokine storm, resurgence and vulnerable patient populations, there is a this is a very pertinent topic to explore. So, you know, viruses are nothing new. Cytokine storm is nothing new. Vulnerable patient populations, nothing new. How we address this and move forward from this current situation has to be something new. It has to be a new way to look and move forward. I am yet again in that realm going to talk about obesity and inflammation. Man, the words, they just keep coming up every time I do this healthy talk, don't they? I hope that you are seeing the importance of those two topics and the connection they have to so many issues now. And why I am so passionate about helping my patients get healthier to reduce their risk of becoming severely ill or even dying from something like a virus, as well as sharing all of that information with you. So even before COVID, there were deaths from the flu and lost time from work for, you know, in school and life for things like chronic and recurrent acute infections. Contributors to the current lack of health in our population and the increased susceptibility to illness is the lack of food with any nutritional value to fuel our immune system, the inflammatory load that comes with stress, then we have sedentary lifestyle, obesity, and poor sleep to name just a few. All of the things I just mentioned are considered stressors. Stress is known to wear a person down and contribute to a poor immune system. Stress can also lead to obesity, which is a contributing factor to chronic inflammation. 
which holy cow is yet another stressor and keeps the cycle going with no end in sight. This leads to feeling tired and wore out, which leads to depression and often a less active lifestyle. Again, a contributor to more weight gain and more stress and more inflammation. So how does all of this lower our immune system? First, let's take a look at that poor nutrition. The body is amazing at adaptation and defense mechanisms to protect itself. But if you don't have enough fuel to adapt quickly and fight, it takes longer to get the job done. The fuel our body needs to boost the immune system and prevent or quickly fight off unwanted illnesses comes from phytonutrients. Phytonutrients come from plants, specifically fruits and veggies. And you know that I have a segment on phytonutrients that you can tap into and, and, and learn all about them. But these phytonutrients, they're high in antioxidants that fight the fight and have anti-inflammatory properties to clear the damage when it's over. So boosting nutrition that is filled with antioxidants will allow for full support and available resources to either prevent or quickly control any invasion from a foreign intruder like a virus, allergen, or bacteria. So now look at, let's look at the inflammation piece. A chronic state of inflammation can dampen an immune response. If there is chronic inflammation, the body's defense mechanisms are exhausted from always monitoring that smoldering ember just in case it becomes a fire. If the inflammation is controlled and you have gotten your tank full of phytonutrients from good nutrition, your defense mechanisms will be well rested and ready to fight the fight and come out with minimal effect. If an acute infection arises in a person with a poor immune system with chronic inflammation already in place, the outcome can be as detrimental as what we've seen in this pandemic. This cytokine storm that is killing people is just like the cytokine storm we can see leading to death in patients with sepsis or an influenza they couldn't overcome. It is this out-of-control surge of inflammation that the body cannot overcome. The immune system just can't win the fight with such an overwhelming attack on a weak, tired, beaten immune system with no resources to defend itself. That was an extreme look at an outcomes associated look at outcomes associated with a poor immune response i know that but it's a necessary connection to understand and to look at another connection from that altered metabolic state that we see in obesity to the connection with immunity is where we have to talk about t cells a little bit so in conditions where glucose levels are elevated as in obesity, as in prediabetes, as in diabetes, there is insulin resistance. And there is a altered fatty acid metabolism, which leads to poor T-cell production. T-cells, in case you forgot, are those ones that are responsible for activating the immune system and building immune memory by building antibodies to recognize the pathogen that may be presented 
and to be prepared to strike when it tries to invade the body. Because if you know your enemy, you can prepare the troops to destroy it on sight. Obesity-associated inflammation and the resulting impaired immune system preparedness and response can actually even lead to vaccine failure because of its poor ability to build that adequate recognition and response. Sadly to say, this same impairment allows for increased risk of cancer. The immune system is supposed to recognize the altered malignant cell as danger and kill them off rather than allow them to proliferate. But yet it can't because it's weak. Especially if there's impaired metabolic state, like we talked about, with high circulating levels of circulating glucose to feed the malignant cells. Because when there's a lot of sugar in the system, the cancer cells are like just rapidly, rapidly multiplying because it's fuel. It's like dumping gasoline on fire. And I don't know about you, but cancer is the number one fear I encounter from patients in my practice. COVID has impacted, you know, them with fear of like that lurking fear of, you know, the unknown that they can't see that may have a fatal outcome. But it still can't touch the fear that my patients have of cancer. I'm about to get on a soapbox, okay? But we must be diligent in our efforts to make an impact on this obesity crisis. If this lecture or this podcast, whatever you want to call it, didn't tell you that, I don't know what else is going to tell you just how we have to address this, just how important it is that we do this. I am not selling you a course for vanity weight loss because you guys know that I have the wellness and weight management course. It is not meant to be for vanity weight loss. This course, I am offering you a way to make an impact in your everyday practice with your current patient population that may save their lives. Through that course, it teaches you how to address it without going through all the nonsense that I had to go through to figure out all the whole weight loss component. They didn't talk about any of this stuff that I'm telling you about in any of the courses that I took. They didn't tell you about why we need to do it, why we need to address it, and why we need to put it into everyday practice. All they wanted to talk about is how much stinking money you could make off of it. Okay, that's not why I'm in this. That is not why I do what I do. I surely wouldn't be putting together all these podcasts and all the extra work that is associated with the stuff that I'm doing and putting out there if it was just for money. Because really, I could do that in my practice if I wanted to. I could. There's all kinds of things I could do. Sorry, I'm getting off topic. But I just want you to understand how important addressing obesity is in your practice. We don't always want to have that conversation or bring up body mass index or weight because it's sensitive. But what we need to do is flip that around a little bit and bring up all of the things that are associated with that obesity and that we need to get a handle on it. 
That's the way we flip it and we help the patients to understand why they need to address it and not ignore the big elephant in the room about their weight. And we have to do things differently. We can't just keep trying to manage each of these so-called individual disease states that we are being told to manage in just that manner. We are educated, we are taught in a, in a format that goes into each disease state. Well, that's not working in case you haven't noticed. Look at our population. They're sick. They're unhealthy. Heart disease is still rising. Cancer is rising. People are sick and we're in trouble. We have to manage the whole person. We have to be proactive, not reactive. We have to make them aware of the processes that we know are putting them at risk. And we have to let them know how to stop themselves from speeding down that path to their own destruction. And even more so, we've got to teach them to stop taking the next generation down the path with them. You can't get through to everyone. Okay, I know that. It doesn't matter what you tell them. You're not going to get them to stop eating their bacon and hot dogs and and to lose the weight. They're not ready for it. But don't, don't stop trying. Even if you can help them to make one to two positive changes, you can impact their life. And maybe the life of someone you're not, you've never even met that followed them down the path of just a few healthy changes. And the only thing you can get them to do is stop drinking Pepsi. Okay, you've made an impact. If you put something in their mind that helped them to lose five pounds, okay, you made an impact. One unhealthy thing taken from their life has helped them maybe with an extra month of life. Who knows what you've done for them? But I don't want you to only look at this as a success if you've helped your patient to lose a ton of weight. You've got to look at this as I'm making an impact. I am encouraging healthy changes. I am encouraging a lifestyle change. I am encouraging a healthy person, not I am managing diabetes or I'm going to manage their cholesterol because just because you haven't seen they're not a diabetic yet, they have high cholesterol and you're just hammering away at the cholesterol piece. You're not realizing that that's an underlying state towards diabetes and towards heart disease that's probably already started. You just haven't seen it on the numbers yet. And we'll talk about metabolic syndrome in another lesson. But I think that I've probably been on my tangent long enough. And, you know, I'm, you know, like I said, soapbox. <laughs> but I'm going to I'm going to stop. Thank you, as always, for listening. I look forward to keeping you up to date on health interventions for your practice. We are truly all in this together. We have to do this together. And with that being said, I would like for you to please go to iTunes and give me a review and, you know, hit that like button so that it brings it up to higher on the on the list so that people can find this, that other providers can find this and maybe help someone in their practice. And, you know, you can find more of me on healthinterventions.net, the Facebook page, the Instagram page. The show notes are at NPHealthInterventions forward slash 14. Um, while you're there, you can sign up for the newsletter so you don't miss out on any of this. Um, I would love you to sign up for my newsletter so that I can send you things that come to my crazy little head um, that aren't always in this podcast um, because I can't put it all at once. We'd be like talking for two hours on these things. And I'm sure you've got other things to do, you know, like 
go to work and take care of your patients. So with that being said, you guys have a great week. May it be filled with many health interventions and take care. Thank you for listening to Health Interventions for Your Practice. If you like this podcast, please take the time to rate, review, and share. If you'd like more health interventions for your practice, you can visit mphealthinterventionsforproviders.com and sign up for the Health Interventions newsletter.